0: The Lord be with you. Today is our son Asher's fifth birthday. So. He was born on a Sunday morning five years ago, exactly at 10 a.m., right on time for church, which is more that can be said for many of us. But we love Asher so much. He's a, a very curious child, always asking questions why this, why that? How does this work? He wants to understand the world. And at night, when we have a prayer before bedtime, he'll often ask, he'll, he'll say, Dad, I want to I wanna see God, I, I want God to be real. Still, anyway, I want God to be real. And, and I say, Asher, just because you can't see God doesn't mean God's not real. And then he thinks quietly for a moment on that. But I can't prove to Asher um, that God is real. I can't make him believe that. I can only share with him what I know to be true, what I've seen and experienced in my life. Nicodemus, that we heard about just now, has spent his entire life getting answers, getting answers to questions, growing his understanding and his knowledge. Nicodemus is a ruler of his people. He's the one people come to when they have questions. He's the guy with all the answers. But when he comes to Jesus, after his bedtime at night, he's the one that comes with questions. Jesus, what, what do these signs mean? What, what do these miracles mean? How, how are you doing this? Who are you really? Nicodemus comes with questions. Nicodemus wants to grow his knowledge and understanding. But Jesus disappoints him, (laughs) confuses him, really, frustrates him. Jesus invites Nicodemus onto this elevator of knowledge to come down from this high tower of knowledge that Nicodemus has built and and go down to the very first floor and, and say, Nicodemus, we need to rebuild the very foundations of all this knowledge you've built up over the years. Listen to what John says at the beginning of his gospel. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The world, he was in the world and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. He came to his own people, but even they did not accept him. Friends, when Nicodemus sits down with Jesus, this is not just two men meeting. This is two worlds colliding. Two worlds. And John gives us some clues about these two worlds. Sarah, do you want to go to the next slide, please? So here, here's kind of a list of, of some of the things from the Scripture that show us these two worlds that, let's call them Nicodemus' world and Jesus' world. And these two worlds are, are meeting and the question is, how, how do these two worlds come together? How do they fit? Can they fit? Now, reading this list, we might think that this is a bad world and this is a good world. But, but John says that's not true. God loves this world. God loves Nicodemus' world. And he sent Jesus to save, save this world he loves. Jesus says, no one can see God's kingdom unless they are born again. And it's clear from the conversation that Nicodemus can't see this world, this new world that Jesus brings. He's missing it. He he understands that it's impossible for someone to be born again in this, this world of his. And there's this huge space between these worlds, a a space that Nicodemus can't can't cross. So so what do we do? Can we cross this space between this world that Nicodemus knows so well, this world that we live in, and this world that Jesus brings? How can we enter that world when we can't see it, when we don't even know if it's real? The truth is, we can't cross that space. There's no bridge that we can build. There's no tower that can reach to heaven. That world has to come to us. We cannot get there on our own. And that's what Jesus is all about. That's who Jesus really is. Jesus is the one who brings this new world. Jesus is the firstborn of this new world in the old. Jesus is is like the midwife, the doula, who brings God's new world into this world we know. No one can see God's kingdom unless they are born again. So what does that mean for us? So, this is the second Sunday in Lent. Lent is this season where we journey with Jesus. It's a 40 day season in the church, not counting the Sundays. And the number 40 is an important number in the Bible. Can you think of when the number 40 comes up in the Bible? Just shout it out if you can think of it. Jesus in the desert? right? And the Israelites in the desert for 40 years wandering. The flood. So it it rained for 40 days and 40 nights um, at the flood. And also Noah waited 40 days after he saw the mountaintops before he sent a raven. So we have Noah. We have the Israelites in the wilderness and actually a number of the kings in Israel ruled for, for 40 years or for a generation, uh, Saul and David. So this number 40 is important in the Bible. But why 40? Why, why not 30 or 50 or 100? 40. What do you think, Delphine, do you know? Why, yeah. Can you think of anything in human life that takes 40? (laughs) Yeah, 40 weeks, 40 weeks of development before birth. I don't think that's an accident. The season of Lent is a season of development and growth in the darkness. A season of waiting to be born into a new world. This time that we wait before the pain of labor, before we pass through the water and the blood of Good Friday, and before the new cry of life on Easter morning. This is the season we are in. Lent is is a time of being formed and shaped by God. It's a journey to be born again. Let me tell you some background on Lent and where this season comes from in the church. So the early church was started with these small church plants in different cities, these small house churches. And as people came to hear the message of Jesus and came to believe, they would join these little churches, and and they would be told stories about Jesus, um, and they would learn to to live in the way of Jesus together as a a family, as a community of faith. But these churches didn't have... they didn't have a new members class or they didn't have a duty roster of who served tea and coffee you know it was these were new churches just getting started but but over time these churches grew and they got bigger and bigger and and when a group grows they have to have more structures and more intention they become more formal and so one of the practices that that was started when someone said I believe in Jesus I want to join The church, the family of God, they would begin a three-year season of preparation for baptism. Three years of teaching and instruction, discipleship. And then um, every year for 40 days before Easter, when they were baptized on Easter, they would have a more intense time of preparing, of praying, and of fasting before they were baptized on Easter morning. And this whole time, for these three years of waiting, they, they weren't allowed to share in communion. They, they sat sometimes in a separate area of the church. <laughs> they had to enter a side door. They couldn't. They weren't fully part of, of the church. But then on Easter morning, they, they come in, they are baptized, and they're wrapped in white robes, and they have communion for the first time. And every year, for those 40 days before baptism, before Easter, they wouldn't just be preparing on their own. But the whole church would also say, we want to join with you. We want to pray with you. We want to fast with you. And so these old believers would be remembering the time that they were born again. They were converted. And they were joining to that to that story in their own life, and their their new birth through Jesus. And I think that's a beautiful image of of how this community of faith um, joins together and journeys toward a new birth, into a new life. When we think about the journey of spiritual growth, we might think about the journey of human development. That we're born, that we learn to crawl, then we learn to walk, then we learn to run, and then we learn to build airplanes so we can fly. It's this journey of of faster and greater and higher, right? But Jesus says, if anyone wants to enter the kingdom of God, they must become like a little So the journey of spiritual growth is actually a journey of learning to get off our airplane, (laughs) to slow down from running, to walk again, to get on our knees, and to become like children that are totally dependent on God. It's This new world just doesn't, makes sense in our old world. It, it's, it's a whole different world that Jesus brings. At the beginning of Luke's Gospel, the angel of the Lord comes to Mary with a message. And says, Mary, you will conceive a son. And he will be called the son of David and the son of the most high God. <laughs> He will be a child of the old world, but he will be a child of this new world. And do you remember Mary's reaction to this message? How can this be? I'm a virgin. And we remember how Nicodemus reacted to Jesus. How can this be? You can't be born again. You can't enter your mother's womb a second time. And then after that, Nicodemus, he walks away from Jesus because he can't see, he can't understand. But what does Mary do after her first question of how how can this be? She keeps listening. And then what does she say? May it be done to me just as you have said it would be. May it be done to me. Mary, she doesn't know how this is going to happen. She doesn't understand it all. This is a mystery to her. And yet she says, may it be done. May it be done. Nicodemus, he had the opportunity with Jesus to say, I don't understand but may it be done. (laughs) Let me be born again. I want want this new life that you speak of, but I can't can't get there on my own. St. Augustine said, faith seeks understanding. Our belief comes before our understanding. As much as Nicodemus would like, as much as as Asher would like to see see God, to see his kingdom, to understand it all, faith comes first. Surrender. May it be done to me as you have said. This past week, um, someone shared with me um, some words from Henry Nouwen, He was a Dutch Catholic priest, and he has this to say For most of my life, I have struggled to find God, to know God, to love God. I have tried hard to follow the guidelines of the spiritual life, pray always, work for others, read the scriptures and avoid temptation. I have failed many times, but always tried again, even when I was close to giving up. Now I wonder whether I have sufficiently realized that during all this time, God has been trying to find me, to know me, and to love me. The question is not how am I to find God, but how am I to let myself be found by God? The question is not how am I to know God, but how am I to let myself be known by God? And finally, the question is not who is God for me, but who am I to God? Friends, this is a new world that Jesus brings. God is looking for us. And we're around flying, running as fast as we can to find God. But in this season of Lent, we're invited to slow down. To say we we don't understand God, but we want new life. We want to be born again. So friends, as we journey with Jesus in this season of the church, let us remember Nicodemus. Let us keep asking questions. How? Why? But as we do, let's also remember Mary who says, may it be done to me as you have said. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.